Lifeway Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. Hey, Ask Me Anything listeners, before we jump into the podcast, you know that one of the groups that helps us be able to bring this to you every day is Portable Church. Uh, You might be preparing to launch a new church or a new campus in the upcoming months. I recommend connecting with Portable Church Industries, maybe even after COVID, if you're thinking about how to get something new started, they'd be a great partner. They've been around for over 25 years. They continue to be the pioneer in crafting customized and engaging environments and rented venues with systems that significantly increase volunteer retention. They can help with everything, literally kind of a a whole package deal from whether it's on the AVL, kids ministry, lobby space, signage, storage, everything in between, starting with your vision. They're not just going to hand you something. They're going to start with your vision, and they're going to equip you with everything needed to thrive in those rented spaces. Check out their site at portablechurch.com slash Lifeway and talk to an expert today. And now I hope you enjoy Ask Me Anything. Welcome to Ask Me Anything. I am your host, Matt Love, and I'm here with Pastor J.D. Greer. And uh, J.D., I really can't even believe I'm going to do this. I'm going to ask you an either-or question. (laughs) Everybody knows what's going to happen, but we're going to do it anyway because I think this is a a, a very important question that I think a lot of people are trying to kind of think through. So it is either-or. I'm sure we're going to be in the middle, but we'll we'll, we'll tackle it anyway. (laughs) Or or a lot of yeah, but. Yes. There are some either-or questions I would answer directly, like... We're going to get to those hopefully someday. Is there one you can think of? Oh, uh, well, like if I were to ask you, what's a better program, Auburn, Alabama football? Well, I mean, what's a better program is a tough one. My heart says one thing, my head says another. So maybe that's <laughs> See? not a good example. See, it's not easy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, the question today is kind of relating to the situation we're in right now, where a lot of people are asking the question, when should we open up the economy? When should we go leave this quarantine season we're in? So how should we think about kind of this dichotomy between preserving life which is what a lot of people would say staying in quarantine is about, or stimulating the economy. Well, it's probably not going to surprise you that I'm not going to give you an exact date for when I think we should open. (laughs) So if you're listening to that, you can go and turn it off now because I'm not going to do that. Um, Even the way you phrase the question, though, I mean, you know, when you put it in terms like, uh, you know, preserving life versus stimulating the economy, I mean, the answer feels kind of obvious. You're like, well, let's preserve life. But, you know, it's obviously it's not that easy when you think about it. Uh, I mean, let's just kind of call a spade a spade here it's easy to say hey let's keep the economy closed for however long this takes while you're sitting at home collecting a paycheck or eating ice cream late at night and filming that and putting on uh you know youtube while there are a lot of people who are literally without an income and um you know we we can you can wag your finger at them and say well you should have saved better but that's just not where a lot of people are economically and they depend on work to keep them alive and it's not just rhetoric to point out that poverty i mean it leads to kind of multiple ways of not just decreased life quality, but sometimes decreased life. Um, you know, poverty surges tend to lead to increases in diseases, medical problems, uh, medical care uh, for those diseases, uh, even suicides. I saw recently that the hotline, uh, suicide hotlines are way, way overtaxed right now in, in the amount of increase there. Um, there was a, a report in the New York Times recently, the World Food Program is warning that 130 million people might face starvation because of these national lockdowns and social distancing measures or drying up work and, and incomes, that can lead to a devastating disruption of agricultural production, supply routes. Um, some of it isn't even felt in the short term. Some of it won't really be felt until 
you know, two or three weeks or several months from now. Um, 22 million people here in the U.S. are jobless right now because of the shutdown, and that number increases every day. If you look at the unemployment rates, where it projected to go. Um, history tells us, if you go back and look at, at our, our economic history, even with slight increases in the unemployment rate, not only do these other things happen, drug overdoses rise. And you can say, well, that's their own choice. But the point is, you know, we just look at it, actual numbers. It, imagine if, you know, what some economists are saying, a 15% spike. Imagine what that would do on some of those, those metrics there. You know, the, the nuance in this question is, yeah, it, it, there, there are, it's not just life versus, it, it, some people might be asking the question because like, I'm bored and I want to go out and I want to buy some clothes and I miss window shopping. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's when, when I hear people talking about it, that's what's interesting, because obviously this is a question that we probably charitably disagree because we all don't we don't know exactly what would happen if we ease restrictions this right. day versus this day. But when you hear people talk about it, it does feel like a lot of times our motivations are either comfort oriented. I want I just want to be done. So right. I'm inclined to believe this or even just like my political party of choice kind of says this and I'm right. just buying into that completely. Right. But I think what you're saying is really helpful because it frames it, reframes it around, I think, what is the best way of thinking for human life, like valuing human life right. in this process? Yeah. So if your motivation in asking this is I'm bored and I just want to go hang out with my friends, then, yeah, that's probably, you know, that's where you need to think, OK, what does love say there? But I, all that it says, there are legitimate questions, though, about what a, a, a working less economy, what, what what effects that has that can be every bit as love motivated as the questions of how long should we we stay home. Exactly. Um, here, here's another place that it gets even a little bit more nuanced. We've always recognized that there's a certain amount of collateral damage in life and in other areas we are, are willing to take those. Don't, don't take this to conclusion too far yet, but let me just kind of paint the picture. For example, collateral damage has always been accepted as an unfortunate byproduct of just war. You know, that, that whenever you may be legitimately trying to be doing justice, the fact that there sometimes can be people that get harmed along the way, you're like, that doesn't mean that, that, that the war itself isn't just or that, that the sacrifice wasn't worth it. You know, that argument hasn't held up in history going all the way back to Augustine. You should try to limit collateral damage, but at the same time accomplish the bigger purpose, which is whatever the, well, the war you're fighting, whatever just end that it has. From another angle, uh, you might think of it this way. On automobiles take untold amounts of lives each year. We could argue no efficiency, you know, is worth all these automobile deaths every year. But we generally accept that with good motives and proper care, you know, some collateral damage is kind of the price of freedom and progress. We also recognize how much value some of the increases in transportation, how much it adds to life, it saves lives, it does those things. And so I'm not using that to say that there ought to be a, a life number on how much we're willing to. That's, that's the wrong category to put that in. It's just to say that we can't think of these things in such clear, unnuanced categories. Uh, you know, despite you making fun of me, <laughs> um, I would say it this way. Um, my role, I'm neither called nor competent to jump in and tell, you know, how to balance that. What I can do as somebody who's trying to think Christianly, biblically about these, I can say that both values, the value of life, of the preciousness of life, and that no vulnerable group ought to be marginalized and say, well, we can do with less, you know, the older people are going to pass away anyway, or, you know, the younger ones can't take care of that. I mean, without marginalizing any particular group, we recognize the preciousness of life and the fact that we need to preserve it. We also recognize that there is a need for an economy that grows and thrives and works. And I can't tell a, a politician how to apply that. I'm not the one to do it, but I can say, 
hold both those values. It seems like a lot of people, when you hear them discuss this, they're only talking about one or the other. And so my role will be to step in the conversation and say, well, there is another value. So if you can have both values, then at least I think that's where wisdom begins is you have both these values and then it leads you into thinking correctly about something like this. And I think what you're sharing is really helpful because it does it, the, the, the core value that I think Christians should live out of is love of others. Right. And right. how that plays out in this situation should be our, our motivation is how do we, how do we operate for the good of other people and, and love towards other people. That's right. So yeah. that's really helpful. Well, this was uh, a, a good question for today. And we're really glad you guys tuned in and listened. Um, if you don't already subscribe to Ask Me Anything, please make sure you do that just because you will get all of our episodes kind of shot directly into your phone. It's the easiest way to get all of our stuff. And we would also really love it if you left us a review. Those reviews really help our podcast get into the hands of other people. And so if this is content that's helpful for you and you want others to see it, please uh, post a review there. And then you can also visit us at jdgreer.com for show notes and other resources from Pastor JD. And you can also follow Pastor JD on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for joining us on Ask Me Anything.